Good Sunday morning. This is Mike Sarig, the voice of Vital Ministries, and it's good to be with you on your Sunday and also to Merry Christmas. What a week it is as we head for the Christmas season today, Christmas Eve tonight, and Christmas Day tomorrow. What an amazing time it is with all this stuff that's going on, and I just... Uh, what a blessed time. It's the, as, the, as the song goes, it's the most wonderful time of the year. And without a doubt, it just, it's just good time. But at the same time, you know, Christmas is not always necessarily joy-filled for everyone. So we want to make sure that we're paying attention to those that are struggling during this Christmas season. And also um, to just be in a word of encouragement with people today. And just uh, as they're going through, everybody's going through a different source of time and emotions and all those things that are going on. But most of all, it is Christmas. And today, maybe you're traveling down the highway. You're on a journey. You're headed for a destination. And you've turned it on the KBOE 104.9 this morning. And you're just listening in as you travel down the highway today, headed for probably a Christmas celebration. Just be safe as you travel today and just uh, pay attention. A little bit of rain out there, but still uh, temperatures are amazing how warm it still is and no snow. So we're, we'll take that all in. Also to those of you who are headed for church, you're probably headed for some sort of Christmas and possibly a children's musical or something like that that's going on. We're do, definitely doing that at our church at Lighthouse in uh, New Sharon this morning. And uh, just an exciting time and uh, just some good stuff. So be blessed as you head for church. And those of you, this is your Sunday morning time. This is your this is your time where you actually say, Mike, this is my church. And I just want to thank you for listening and Merry Christmas. And thank you for being with us today. But just a few things before we jump in this morning, just to, as reminders, as we look out to what's going on. Um, we do have our Warrior Breakfast coming up January 6, 2024. Now that's coming up quick and fast. So just put that down on your calendar. January 6, 2024 at the Lighthouse Church in New Sharon. We go from 8 to 9 o'clock in the morning. Meat is always on the table and on the menu. And it's just a great time of celebration. So all men, bring, come, Lighthouse Church in New Sharon, Iowa, 8 to 9 o'clock Saturday morning on January 6th. Bring a friend or bring your son or bring someone. And just a great time as we... Uh, we have fellowship, food and fellowship with each other. And also too, I'm gonna to give you an encouraging word as we look into 2024 of what God has got for us. So with that being said, I don't wanna waste a lot of time this morning. I wanna jump right in as we're doing our Advent season, our, our Christmas. And today we're gonna to talk about the wise men that changed their mind. But before we do that, I want you to think about this, is who would have ever thought about this? It's hard to, hard to think that the fact that uh, the little feet of baby Jesus would one day be nailed to a cross of wood. And the little forehead of the babe in the manger so loved by his mother would one day be crowned in thorns. You just have to wrap your mind about how that must have thought and how that would have been. But now know this, Jesus, he comes with purpose. He didn't come to, to this earth simply to show us how to live a good life and give us greatest teachings and humanity has ever heard. Nor did he come to merely perform miracles and show us the truth about life. Jesus Christ did that and more. Yet, he was born in Bethlehem with the express purpose of going to the cross and dying for our sins. From that moment on, he arrived from the planet to earth. Jesus Christ lived in the shadow of the cross, and he was born to die so that we might live. See, the wise men, as we talk about him this morning, had insight into his purpose, with the, was they brought unusual gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They gave him gold because the child would be the king, and they gave him frankincense because he was recognized that he 
was the great high priest representing God the Father and brought him myrrh, which is used for embalming, that knowing he, that someday he would die. They recognized the king, the high priest, and would die for our sins. And he would give us the ultimate gift, what the Bible calls a gift too wonderful for words. Or as the New King James Version renders it, he is an indescribable gift. Now, isn't that something to think about this morning? So as we look at today, we look at the wise men who changed their minds. But let's go to Matthew chapter 2, verse 10 through 12 this morning and get a glimpse of what it must have been like for those wise men as they were traveling from the east, as they were looking at the star. And let's see what it has to say. It says, when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened up their treasures and presented him with the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. See, almost every Christmas, we focus on the wise men making their long journey to see the baby Jesus, which actually he would have been approximately about one to two years old. But we talk about how they worshipped him and the significance of the three gifts. And without a doubt, that all makes sense, doesn't it? But that... That is the primary focus of the story. But however, have you ever thought about the fact that the wise men had to change their minds? They had a plan, find the Messiah, give them gifts, turn around and go home. The quickest and easiest way to do that was just to reverse the route that they were taking and go back from the destination from which they came. But most of us think about that this morning. Most of us change our minds about um, often as we change our socks, don't we? Um, however, there are times when we change may be needed, but rather those changes can be difficult. Changing your position in an important is issue, such as in your theology or, or uh, a trajectory in your life or whatever that change might be. But honestly, sometimes the change you may be dealing with life in life itself can be life altering. Like the wise men, it will change the path you are on in life and in those times it would be good to keep three things in mind now i want you to think about the three thing these three things as we look at the trajectory and also to have change in your mind looking at from this perspective the changes that would occur sometimes can be you have to divine decide and dedicate see the wise man had a divine dream calling them to change their minds about how to get home this was not for their safety or prosperity, but for the, further, for the furtherment of God's divine plan. Isn't that true? Then they had to decide if they would follow this divine intervention or they would choose to ignore it. No one in history would have blamed them had they returned the same way they had came, but God would figure out a way to protect the Holy Family, no matter what the wise men did. However, the, de the, de the dedication to this decision prompted by a divine dream gave them a place of honor in the Bible of obedience. See, isn't that so true? Sometimes in the midst of change, a divine change or divine dream or divine spoken word to us simply brings us to a point of obedience in our life. See, the Bible is filled with people who had to change their minds about different things. Some of them were memorable. In the Old Testament, they would be Lot changed his mind about where he'd live. Jonah changed his mind about where he would go. Esther changed her mind about what she would say. All those great people of the Old Testament had to make changes. But this carries on to the New Testament countless times. Today, let's compare and contrast two people. 
two people who were called to change their minds. We're going to look at the rich young ruler and Zacchaeus. Now, in Luke 18 tells the story of the rich man seeking Jesus to find out what he must do to gain eternal life. Jesus says this, you know the commands, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not commit murder, you shall not, shall not steal, you shall not commit false testimony, honor your father and mother. All these things the man said I have kept as I was a boy. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, you're still lacking one thing. Sell everything you have to give to the poor and you will have the treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad because he was very wealthy. And see, just one chapter later, we see in Luke 19, another man by the name of Zacchaeus called to change his mind. Jesus walks uh, into town, looks up into the wee little man, sees him sitting in a tree, and he says, Hey, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to murder, mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner? But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give you half of my possessions to the poor, and I have cheated anybody out of anything. I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man, too, is the son of Abraham. See, both of these men called to change their minds about things, to alter their path of their journey on the side of history. We see them differently than we could have ever really seen anything happen. But I want you to think about this this morning. See, the rich young ruler was wonderfully to be considered, hey, he's really a religious guy, right? If without a doubt, all you'd have to do is ask him. But all accounts, he followed the rules and he honored God with his life. It seems he wanted to ensure that he was doing everything right to gain eternal life. He was the young man that you would want your daughter to marry. He was the young man your parents hoped for their children would become. See, this man simply was going to church and simply looking, can I get a star? And what I mean by that is he goes to church, he does all the things, but he has no relationship with God. He just simply wants to get the star so he can have earned his way into the kingdom of heaven. But see, in contrast, we see something totally different. And Zacchaeus. See, Zacchaeus was a tax collector. In other words, he was a traitor to the people by all accounts. Not religious, he cheated people out of their money and partnered, partnered with Rome, Rome to extort God's people. If your daughter brought Zacchaeus home, it is possible you wouldn't let him in the house. And if you did, it would be very serious discussions that would, about him to leave. We even see an example of the religious person praying, Lord, thank you that I am not like this tax collector back in Luke 18. So to see this way, it all went down. You might say the rich young ruler was the church going guy and that Zacchaeus, he wasn't. Now let's compare these two stories this morning. I think that's essential for us as we think about the Christmas season, as we, even this morning about the wise men. And you might be asking, how does this apply, Mike? This is farthest thing from a Christmas story that could be shared on Christmas Eve morning. But if, folks, I think there's something deeper for us to look at that we can see that possibly get a glimpse of what was going on. See, the wise men had a divine dream. The rich young ruler and Zacchaeus both had divine calling to change their minds. See, Jesus tells the rich young ruler to sell everything you have and give it to the poor. Jesus knows that money has a hold on this man's heart. 
Jesus would love for this guy to join the caravan. Who knows, he might have become the next disciple. However, Jesus always knows that you cannot serve two masters. See, in the Bible, it says in Matthew 6, 24, that no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one or you will love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So he's calling this man to change his mind about money. And instead of serving money, he wants him to use his money to serve others. He is trying to get him to see money simply as a tool to fix and repair others, people's lives. And see what a great time we have for this opportunity that we could do this even in this Christmas season. Yes, it's Christmas Eve morning, without a doubt. But maybe the Lord is calling you something today. Something that maybe you're holding on tightly to is sometimes even money. And we know without a doubt, especially in the times and the culture in which we live today, there simply does not seem to be enough at the end of the day, does it? It seems like the dollar can't be stretched enough because it's stretched so far, we can only, only see pennies coming from the dollar itself. But see, God is calling us to go to something different, one, wanting us to do more than we can absolutely think about within our, within our own heart about what possesses our mind. See, the two men both with a divine call to change their mind about what they are and what they are to serve. See, just as the wise men, they had to decide to change their path. See, the rich young ruler and Zacchaeus must decide if they will change. See, Jesus gives the rich young ruler a divine calling and the Bible says it made him sad. Change without a doubt is difficult. Our desire to change must eclipse our desire to stay the same because change is incredibly challenging. Jesus is calling the rich young man to give up his identity. Even to this day, we edify him as the rich young ruler. He has found his identity in his stuff and his status. Jesus tells you if you want to find eternal life that you need to find your identity in him. This is the calling to an actual change. It will change how he lives, who he associates with, and how others see him. If he says, okay, it will change everything. His decision is instantaneous. That is the root of his immediate sorrow. He is not sad that Jesus said something. He is sad because he has already decided he cannot change. And people get stuck, don't they? They realize in their lives that they're unwilling to change. And so they're very truly the sorrow that they have within their own hearts is simply because their unwillingness to change and to follow the life of Christ. See, the, the wise men, without a doubt, had to make a choice of a change. They could either go through and give to Herod and be worshipped by Herod and possibly even given back some money for showing where the newborn king was the Messiah, the baby Jesus. But because of a dream, they make a decision to go a different direction home, a different route, a different time that would take them longer to get home. But they wanted to step into obedience and they don't, we don't hear much about the change that possibly could have happened to the wise men. We don't know what happened with their lives, but this is what we do know from what we, what we read in scripture that these men were astrologers. These men followed stars. They looked to the things of Scientology, the things that were up in the air. But because of the looking and looking for something more, they found something greater, which is found in the life of Jesus. See, 
Jesus gives Zacchaeus a divine calling, and the Bible says he came down at once and gladly welcomed him. Sometimes change is so exciting that we don't think about the implications. In fact, as Zacchaeus was shimmying down the tree, he honestly had no idea what seemed like a simple decision would become life-altering decision in his own life. One yes to Jesus would change the entire journey to the rest of Zacchaeus's life. The decision will change the way he lives, how people see him, and how he spends time with them. It will change his political view, view and also his theology. While we like to think that since he decided to say yes to Jesus, that life will infinitely be better. But Jesus himself said to his followers, followers comes out of John chapter 16, verse 33. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. While we hold on to Jesus overcoming the world as we would, we also should not miss out the first part of that passage. See, Zacchaeus' decision to invite Jesus to his home will also be an invitation to the challenges and the troubles of being a follower of Jesus. He will have time to live with less income, less political um, power and less influence in certain areas of his life. His decision for more Jesus may just cost him less in other things, but what he would gain was everything. See, isn't it interesting to think that the rich young ruler is offered life with Jesus, but Zacchaeus is merely offered dinner with Jesus. However, both of their decisions would change their lives in many different ways. See, folks, just as the wise men dedicated themselves to their decision, so would the rich young ruler and so would Zacchaeus dedicate their lives to their own decision. Their own trajectory would be forever changed of one decision, which is the rich young ruler deciding to stay and keep going and gaining in wealth as opposed to Zacchaeus who gave it all up. See, on the other hand, Zacchaeus is the poster child of dedication to the change in your mind. And look at his de dedication. Here and now, I give half my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Now, that is dedication, isn't it, folks? Sometimes we forget that dedication can and will be costly. Right up front, he is giving half of everything he has. That is not an obligation. It is an offering. He is not, take, he is not giving it to people he owes, but, he, but to people in need. He is staring to understand that money is a tool and not a treasure. If giving away half of what he has to the poor isn't dedication enough, he's going to give back four times what he cheated anybody out of. Can you stop for a minute and think about what living on half your income would look like? Now, out of that half you have and you're going to pay back people four times what you've actually owed them. See, we want to love this story, don't we? We celebrate Zacchaeus, but his story is not just there for us to cheer him on. He is setting an example for us of how costly dedication and change can be to a person's life. Isn't that so true? See, a lot of times people want say they want change, but they don't want change bad enough. I've had different men that have worked for me. And what I have found oftentimes in the change of the addiction and the struggles that they've had in their own life is what the truth of the fact is that I've wanted to change more than they did. And out of that, 
they continued to go down the path and the journey of their life of what they've normally traveled and been unchanged. And it's just sad to see that, as it says in the Bible, as a dog goes back to his own vomit, sometimes we do the same. We go back to the same place of where we once came. My son gave me a story about a man that's, that lives down in Florida, and it was really caught up in the midst of um, gang violence and whatnot. And he was actually shot. And he was in the hospital, and he was crying out for the Lord to save him and also to, to help heal his body. My son said that this young man was on fire for Jesus for two months. On the third month, the man returned back to the gang of which he came, and his life has been a wreck ever since. See, the man just wanted to, what I would call, give, give, I need a favor. See, a lot of times we want that from the Lord, don't we? I simply want, need a favor, but not really wanting change. And I think that's the, that's the, really the thing that we need to look at as we look at this Christmas season. See, the wise men, they want to change. They did, they, they did not want to go on and continue their life as the status quo. See, the stars sent them and brought them to Jesus himself, to the baby who lied in their very Savior who would save their souls. They, their eyes saw this one to two-year-old little boy, unknowingly that this little boy would someday take on a cross for their sins and die for them, for their salvation. And that's the same Lord that we worship today. Yes, we, we remember, we think about the times, we go back in our hearts and our minds and all those things about looking at the dedication of the Christ child and the baby that was born in Bethlehem, born in a manger. But we forget the rest of the story that the same Jesus would someday take on the cross for our sins. And I hope that even this morning, as you're listening, as you're, as you're thinking about Christmas, that Christmas is twofold. It's the birth of Christ, but it also too helps us to realize a baby that was came to born to die. But see, let's look at Paul, what he says about change. He says, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of what? Your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve the will that God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. That comes from Romans 12 too. See, what are the patterns of your world? We always make that about the world outside of the church, the secular world. But what if you looked at the world you live in? What if you reconsidered how you make decisions based on the world, your family, your church, your work, and even your friends? See, Jesus tells the rich young ruler to sell everything you have and give it to the poor. Jesus knows that money had a hold of him. And that's the sad part about it, that he was unwilling to make a change. His life was always going to stay the way that it was. Nothing was ever going to change for him. See, the other thing that we got to look at is, is there's nothing worth more than just to trust the Lord himself, as we see in this passage. It's changed heart. What it really translated is that Paul is telling us that we need to have a changed heart. He calls the Christians in Rome to be open to changing their minds about things. Jesus would use the, this phrase several times. You have heard it, but I say, in other words, you were taught to think and act and do something this way, but I'm calling you to change your mind about it. See, in the church, we tend to get stagnant and avoid change. There is great comfort in staying the same. 
However, there are times when we ch- when change is needed. It's, it's, it could be as simple as changing the direction of the journey home or as complicated as changing your mind about what you find as your identity. See, wise men's, the wise men seek Jesus above everything else. And from time to time, we do the same. They also need to change their minds that alter their journey to life. And may God give us the peace to understand in the midst of the journey of the change that we need to have of the things that God is calling us to change. Isn't that so true? See, God is really wanting us to realize the gift is of worship. And and it says in Matthew 2, 9, that after the interview, the wise men went to their way and the star that they had seen to the east guided them death and they went ahead and they stopped over the place uh, where God had changed their lives. See, I, I think so much that God is wanting us to do more, wanting us to see what he wants us to see. See, the wise men, they made the journey from the east and they arrived in Jerusalem and they had an audience of King Herod and they inquired about the king of the Jews and they made their way to Bethlehem as they followed the star. They understood the objective was was to find the baby Jesus. But see, there is only one God who is worthy of our worship, and I think the wise men got it. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ, whom we celebrate Christmas. And whatever the world you live in, and whatever lifestyle you have chosen, whatever belief system you have, Jesus Christ can invade it. The Magi, they are called the wise men. They look to the star to the chart the course of time to start the course of the change that they would find of their own personal life. See, God reached out to the Magi and brought them to, her, to their faith. He can reach out to your family, your children, and your friends as well to do the same thing. I pray this morning, without a doubt, that Christmas Eve morning, that as the wise men looked for change, the wise men got change in their heart that we look for change in our own hearts today. Will you pray with me? Dear Jesus, again, I just want to thank you for this day. I want to thank you for the opportunity to again share about the Christmas story, about Advent, about the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. A, born, a baby that was born in Bethlehem that was put in the stable and born in a manger, only to take up a cross later on for our sins. Jesus, we love you. We praise you. We thank you that you came into our midst of our broken world, and thank you for being our Lord and our Savior. In your name I pray. Amen. Folks, Merry Christmas. I pray that today as you travel, that it's safe, that you, as you go to church, that you get to celebrate, as the wise men did, worship the risen King, the baby born in a manger. Folks, this is Mike Serig. Merry Christmas, the voice of Vital Ministries.